What is up, people? Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Smackdown, recording this on Wednesday, May the 4th. You've heard of enough. You don't need me. Uh, Thursday on the podcast, if you're checking it out here on the Dynasty Warzone Network. Of course, I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. The NFL Draft is in the books, and on today's podcast, I'll be taking a look at my revised 2022 rankings for the quarterback and running back position. The quarterback, not a ton of movement, obviously, because this class sucked, as us super flex rookie drafters know already. Uh, it's been an interesting week across the rookie draft uh, that I've had, uh, rookie drafts that I've had. You guys have probably experienced about the same. A lot of dynasty and rookie talk this time of year, but I'm going to leave that to the rookie rundown with Dallas and, and Memphis and Jerry over on the war zone. So if you're looking for some dynasty content, be sure to check that out. Mike in the chat. Appreciate you, bro. May the fourth be with you too. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, anyway, but uh, I'm going to take a look at these guys for 2022 instant impact. What are these rookies doing at the quarterback position? How were some of these quarterbacks uh, impacted by some of these rookie moves? So I'm going to take a look at my revised rankings at that position. Of course, we got an influx of talent a little bit at the running back spot. So we're going to take a look at how the uh, 2022 ranking shook out for the running back position as well. Where am I ranking Brees Hall in his new landing spot in New York? And of course, Kenneth Walker, both second round running backs look to be fantasy relevant right out of the gate. But where are they going to fall in my 2022 rankings? And how are some of these veterans impacted positively or negatively by what their teams did in the draft? Going to dive into all that on today's show schedule for the next couple weeks next week as you might have guessed already uh going to be taking a look at the wide receivers and tight ends obviously the receivers are the big ticket right that's what we're looking for a lot of names added to the player pool and a lot and a lot of happenings uh, especially to deandre hopkins suspension coming out the trade of marquise brown and aj brown how do those guys shake out in my ranking so tune back in next week for the wide receivers going to cover the updated tight end rankings as well um, despite there not being a ton of movement there. Uh, but looking forward to that. Then in two weeks, going to be doing a live mock draft episode. So looking forward to that. My first mock draft for 2022. So this will give you a feel for what you're looking at once those redrafts uh, drafts roll around in August. So that'll be in two weeks. Then I have an interesting series coming up after that. I'm looking forward to announcing that here shortly, but you got to stay tuned. Of course, before we dive into these rankings, just want to remind you guys, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this. If you're watching on YouTube, appreciate you. Um, be subscribed on YouTube. Turn those notifications on. You can always be hanging out here with, with myself or whoever's recording live on the air. You can always chime in in the chat. I love hearing from you guys. I'm looking forward to doing a, a little bit more live shows, uh, more interaction with you guys here uh, throughout the summer. So uh, YouTube is going to be hopping for sure. Of course, in-season, waiver wire sniping is a YouTube-only show, so you're going to want to make sure you're always subscribed on YouTube as where, as well as wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, but without any further ado, let's dive into the QB rankings. Last time I did QB rankings was about a month ago. Some of the free agency things had settled out uh, in early April. I did 15 quarterbacks. I ranked 15 quarterbacks at that time. On today's show, we're going to go through the top 25. Uh, I guess I could have done 24 to keep it uh, <laughs> as QB twos, but I guess I did 25. So there you go. Also touch on some of the rookies and what their impact might be for 2022. So 
a lot of these names at the top didn't really move. Uh, there was not a a marquee fantasy relevant rookie quarterback that hit uh, in the first couple of rounds. So thus the top 12 or so are pretty much the same. But I'm going to roll through these since it's been about a month. At the top of the board is Josh Allen. He's in a tier of his own with some of these other guys losing weapons. I think Josh Allen's all by himself. He's been an absolute stud the last couple of years. You don't need me to tell you that. The next tier is uh, currently uh, three players. And despite losing Marquise Brown on draft night, I still think Lamar Jackson is going to be the number two fantasy quarterback for me off the board. I don't care about his passing options a whole lot because I'm drafting him here for fantasy purposes because of his rushing upside. So while they didn't really add anything around Lamar Jackson as far as his weapons in the passing game, I think that he can overcome that. I think he's still going to be a huge, big-time, fantasy-relevant quarterback and somebody that I'm looking to take on uh, if I, he's sitting there in round maybe four uh, in a 1QB league. But he's my second QB off the board, but he leads this tier two. There's a tier break between Josh Allen all by himself and then Lamar Jackson. Number three is still Kyler Murray. He adds Marquise Hollywood Brown, but loses DeAndre Hopkins for six games. Again, I think similar to Lamar, I'm not ex- I'm not overly worried about his weapons. Uh, they still brought Zach Ertz back. Uh, in despite losing Christian Kirk, I think the addition of Hollywood Brown is good enough for for Kyler Murray to be my QB three off the board and my second quarterback in this uh, tier two. Justin Herbert is number four for me. He was second in pass attempts last year and only one one of two quarterbacks with over 5,000 yards. So I like Justin Herbert to stick at QB5. This next tier is pretty big. These are all guys that I think are solidified QB1s. I feel real comfortable with. Uh, They all have different levels of upside. But number five for me is Tom Brady. Uh, I'm looking for positive news out of Chris Godwin, but as long as we hear that he's going to be ready to go close to the start of the season, I think Tom Brady sets for another big year for fantasy purposes. Number six, he slid down to number six. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. He was ranked around here in my early April rankings as well. This reflects the loss of Tyreek Hill. Yes, there's the addition of Juju Smith-Schuster that was already factored into this ranking before. Adding Sky Moore in round two is good. to gives him another weapon, but I'm not hyped on Sky Moore, especially out of the gate. We're talking about just 2022. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be a solid quarterback. He's probably one of the safest guys out of this group. But losing Tyreek Hill should not be understated. I think that's a huge, huge loss for Patrick Mahomes and this offense. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a step back from Patrick Mahomes. That's why he's outside of even that tier two of quarterbacks for me for redraft 2022. Uh, Number seven, Zach Prescott. Uh, They add a third round wide receiver weapon. I still think he's going to be solid. Now Jalen Hurts comes in at number six. They add A.J. Brown via trade in the draft. And having a passing weapon such as A.J. Brown can't hurt. Jalen Hurts. But again, we're ranking him here not because of his passing prowess, but of what he can do on the ground. I still think that he is going to be a top flight fantasy option inside the top 10 based off of what he can do on the ground and produce fantasy points there. That is a huge, huge, huge plus. And that's why he's ranked over some of these guys that are are clear and obvious better NFL passers. But for me, Jalen Hurts comes in at QB8. 9, 10, and 11 guys that are all close for me and still in this tier from 6 down to 11. It rounds out with Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, and Joe Burrow. Uh, not a ton of movement from these three guys as far as over the, over the last week, uh, as far as adding weapons or anything like that. They're still kind of status quo, and I still think they're great fantasy options. And this tier of then uh, this tier right here, this tier three, Mahomes, Prescott, Hurts, Stafford, Wilson, and Burrow. That's kind of the meter right there. If you kind of miss out on this tier, I think there's a few more guys I'm, I'm totally fine with. I'm waiting, but I'm not taking a guy 
in a one QB league before round 11, 12. Um, if there's a guy that you, that you prefer in this upcoming tier, I'm good with it. But uh, I want one of those top 11 if I can get them at a decent price, round nine, round 10 in a one QB league. All right, QB 12 for me is Aaron Rodgers. I've been debating this. He's in that. He's in a separate tier from the Burrow, Wilson, Stafford, the guys that are right above him. They added Christian Watson in early round two. That's great. They gave him a weapon. Twitter was able to have 24 hours of fun, bitching and moaning about how the Packers don't draft first round wide receivers. That's fine. They trade up. They draft Christian Watson. There you go. Um, there are still some veteran wide receivers that I'm still interested to see where they fall. So obviously this is early May. But I think if the if the Packers kind of stay status quo, I think this is about where he lands up. We saw his, his touchdown totals drop pretty significantly, 48 down to 37 last year. He loses his number one far and away target in Devontae Adams. They they replace him with a rookie that I, you know, as much as I like Christian Watson's dynasty upside, I don't know that his impact right out of the gate in 22 is going to be impactful enough to drag him into the top 10. Uh, you need to have really, really good passing numbers when you don't run the ball. Uh, and I just don't think he is going to be in that Stafford Burrow tier. I think he's going to be just below. So he's a he's a low-end QB1 technically in the rankings, but for me, he's more of a high-end QB2. Um, if you're looking at Superflex or, or guys that, you know, he's going to be the first name off the board outside that top 11, I'm not probably going to own him in many places. Derek Carr's QB13 as Devontae Adams. Again, not a lot of impact from the draft here. Just think he's going to see a bump from his QB 19 points per game last year based off of the addition of Devontae Adams to this offense and Josh McDaniels coming in as the offensive coordinator. Kirk Cousins comes in at 14. Again, not a lot here uh, from the draft. He kind of stays status quo for me. He was QB 12 in points per game last season with 37 touchdowns. 15 is Trey Lance. Now, he's the last guy in this tier of my top 15. I think that what we've heard from Jimmy G still not being ready to throw. I think they could just go to Trey Lance and his rushing upside should give him enough. Again, this is an offense that needed, a, that needed to add a ton uh, in the draft. But I think the positive thing you can take from Trey Lance over the last week or two is that his man, Debo Samuel, despite apparently not being happy in San Francisco, is not going anywhere just yet. He's staying put. So for me, Trey Lance has some upside. If he got named the starter today, he'd probably jump all the way up to 12. Uh, I just think the upside's there based off of the rushing. Uh, it's a good offense. He has good weapons around him. Uh, I'm not sure what that would do to his weapons fantasy value, but for me, Trey Lance would be QB 12 if he was named the starter tomorrow or if they trade Jimmy G, same thing. Here's where it gets interesting down from 16, and these are some guys that were impacted by this NFL draft. Of course, if you watched round one of the NFL draft, we saw a ton of receivers go off the board, teams trading up, but they were all teams with quarterbacks mainly outside of that top 15 for me. Uh, it just wasn't necessarily... We didn't see that big splash play. We didn't see that top five wide receiver land in Green Bay or land in Kansas City. We saw some round two receivers go there, and those just weren't enough things to move the needle for me. So this, I, I moved this guy initially down because I was like, hey, it was kind of a sleeper for me a little bit because people were going to be salty about him and how he finished last year. Despite the fact that he was okay, he just wasn't the hotness that he was over the last half a year before that. It's Ryan Tannehill. Now, I know he just lost A.J. Brown. This is still a low passing offense. Tannehill was seeing plenty of rushing production at the goal line. I think you could still see an above average touchdown number on the ground. They added Robert Woods this offseason, which shouldn't be forgotten. I know he's coming off the ACL, but I think even if he is your uh, 1B, that's still way better than Julio was last year, uh, the corpse of Julio Jones. I think Robert Woods can add more to this offense. 
getting rid of AJ Brown hurts, but adding Traylon Burks where they did in the middle of round one, I think still gives Tannehill enough weapons. If you factor in Austin Hooper, again, all of these things combined should give Tannehill enough where he can be a mid QB two. He's a tier below those guys ahead of him, Rogers, Carr, Cousins, Lance. But I think for Tannehill, the reason I have him at 16 is they did give him enough around him this offseason. It slightly is a downgrade when you compare it to having that elite option in A.J. Brown. This is obviously a run-first offense that will go through Derrick Henry. But I think the other factor is the guys below him are not exciting. Uh, so I hope that doesn't just spoil the rest of this top 25. But I just didn't see anyone else that made a huge jump um, that Tannehill went any lower in my ranking. So I ended up at QB 16. QB 17 is Matt Ryan now in Indianapolis, which still seems weird to say. They added second-round receiver Alec Pierce, very similar player to Michael Pittman. So it's going to be interesting to see how this offense runs. Uh, they have, as of now, have not signed T.Y. Hilton back. So it's it's looking like Pittman, Pierce, Campbell. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor is going to be running this show. So I think Matt Ryan, very similar to Tannehill. The reason I have Ryan below Tannehill is the rushing uh, and the rushing touchdowns there. I could see Matt Ryan go lower as well, maybe a spot or two. But number 18 for me is Trevor Lawrence. They did all their quote-unquote damage, I guess, by adding receivers in free agency. If you remember, they were very excited to spend money and give money to these middling wide receivers. But I think overall with Lawrence, um, this is a t- this is in year two. The passing volume that he saw last year, I think that'll continue. And I think based off of purely passing volume, he has a chance to be you know a Kirk Cousins light in year two. Uh, I don't love what they did around him this offseason, but I think there's enough there where he can still be a mid to low QB2 option in Jacksonville, a team that should be playing from behind quite a bit. The game script should be in his favor. Number 19, I'm going with Tua. Uh, You can't argue with what they did for him this offseason, adding Tyreek Hill, one of the best weapons in the game. Uh, They added a little bit through the draft as well. They added some running backs that should upgrade that position for this team overall, adding a new offensive-minded head coach should improve to his fantasy stock. However, if it was, you know, if there was somebody I was more excited about that also got those weapons, let's say that Trevor Lawrence got those weapons. Lawrence would be up there probably right behind Burrow, you know, between Rodgers and Carr. But for me, Tua just hasn't shown enough yet that I feel confident enough to boost him any higher than where he is, which is just inside the top 20 at QB 19. Uh, This is the last quarterback of the tier. So it went uh, 16 Tannehill. Matt Ryan at 17, Trevor Lawrence, Tua at 19, and last in this tier uh, at 20 is Jameis Winston. Adding Chris Olave is great. They moved up in the draft. I am not sure how to trust this organization. They've been in cap hell. Uh, they really have no QB prospect to speak of. They traded away a lot of draft capital. So this is definitely not a team that's positioning themselves for that 2023 magical draft class of quarterbacks, right? You have a lot of teams that are all, oh, they're just getting ready to pounce next year, right? The Saints aren't doing that. They've already, that boat has already sailed. So they must really trust Jameis Winston. Going to talk about this a lot more on the wide receiver show probably. But when you look at Jameis's numbers, a lot of people were talking about Chris Lobby like, oh, this is great. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be involved in offenses you know, with Jameis Winston, he's just going to be chucking it all over the yard. I'm not sure we're going to see that. One Sean Payton's off is gone. They promoted from within an offensive coordinator. They have a defensive-minded head coach. They really kept Jameis in check last year. They really didn't let him throw the ball a whole lot. He had a couple pop fantasy games, a five-touchdown game in week one against Green Bay in which he threw 19 passes. He had a four-touchdown game against Washington 
um, before he got injured. But if you take his six games and take a look at it, he's really dialed this. They really dialed this offense back to keep Jameis in check. So I don't know that he's just going to be chucking the ball over the yard. Now, adding a weapon in Chris Olave is fantastic, right? A first round, 11th overall. That's big time uh, for Jameis Winston, in my opinion. But I'm not sure that results in him making a huge jump for fantasy. He's a low-end QB2 at QB20 for me and the end of a tier. The next five off the board here are, are some guys that uh, did see some weapons. Mac Jones had a decent rookie year. We know what he did. They added Traquan Thornton uh, in round two out of Baylor. That was a reach in a lot of people's opinion. Zach Wilson comes in at 22. Do I tr- trust what Zach Wilson? Hell no. Do I love what the Jets are doing around him? Hell yes. Uh, this is a team that's already had some some decent enough weapons, but adding Garrett Wilson in round one uh, at 10th overall, Brees Hall in round two. I think Zach Wilson has enough upside here where there are just so many just, just garbage quarterbacks after this that you can take a shot at him if, if a, at a low-end QB2 range. Number 23 is Daniel Jones. His fifth-year option is not picked up for Dynasty, probably just moving on. But they continue to put weapons around Daniel Jones, adding a wide receiver in round two again, keeping Kadarius Toney on the roster. Uh, I think that this is just a guy that you can draft late as a QB2 and Superflex. Number four is Justin Fields. This man can't buy a receiver. They didn't do it. They did nothing for this kid. And he would be much, much, much higher in my rankings if they had just done what the Jets did, even half of what the Jets have done for Zach Wilson, the Bears continue to just apparently not want to evaluate this kid uh, with solid weapons around him. So he ends up at 24. If they signed a couple veteran guys or one veteran guy, even maybe he jumps a couple spots probably, but 24. And then number 25 for me is Jared Goff, who survives the draft. Detroit sticks to their plan. They're one of the teams looking at quarterbacks in 2023. Couple winners, couple losers here. I just want to highlight to kind of go back. I do have Jameis Winston as a winner. Adding Chris Olave is great. They has two really good weapons now, assuming Michael Thomas gets himself out of whatever the heck he's funk he's been in. Um, so I think with Winston, that does make him a winner. Uh, Mike put, uh, points out in the chat, spending essentially five picks to get Chris Olave. They better use him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this Saints, the, the whole decision-making process was very, very weird. But if we can just take that up aside for a second and just look at just the fancy impact, I like this for Jameis, right? It gives him a, a nice uh, secondary weapon, maybe third weapon, if as long as if you you know if you factor in Kamara there. But as far as the receivers go, a really nice secondary weapon there for Winston. So I think he is a winner. When you look at where all these wide receivers landed, just too many of them landed with quarterbacks that are just not very good. And the and the one veteran quarterback that is the most fantasy relevant that did get a first round wide receiver is. Ryan Tannehill, who lost his number one wide receiver. So that's that's really tough. Um, but I'm going to go with Jameis Winston and Zach Wilson as winners from the draft, basically just because of what they added around them. Uh, Jameis is probably a winner for 2022 and maybe even 2023 based off of the Saints not spending any pick on a quarterback. So those guys are my winners. Losers, I'm going to go with Mitch Trubisky. We, for obvious reasons, can he pick it first-round quarterback? Only one off the board. Um, if you thought that maybe he could have been in a QB three option, I would probably just think otherwise. Uh, and then Justin Fields. I mean, this, I just was screaming for the bears to find something. They had two second round picks passed on all the wide receivers, um, drafted a special teamer. It sounds like in round three, hopefully he can contribute. He's going to have to probably because this team just doesn't have any weapons. Uh, and it's just, just disappointing to see Justin Fields go misuse like this underused maybe is the right term for that. So, all right, uh, real quick before we move on to the running backs, a uh, few the rookies that could be relevant. None of them made my top 24. 
Kenny Pickett, if he's named the starter, I think does jump into that. He probably lands somewhere between Tua, Jameis, Mac Jones, somewhere in there. Um, his weapons are awesome. Ben, the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger, put up a usable QB2 fantasy season last year. I think Kenny Pickett, if he's named the starter out of the gate, is going to be a low-end QB2 on draft day. If he's not named the starter out of the gate, he's a priority QB3 for me because I think he's going to have that upside to get the starting job. The rest of these rookie quarterbacks are pretty much flyers in super flex leagues. You're still going to take the Davis Mills, Carson Wentz. Um, I don't have Deshaun Watson on here, which I guess I should have mentioned. I'm not ranking him yet until we see his suspension, um, which I'm assuming is going to get handed down. But um, again, some of those fringe type quarterbacks, uh, these rookie quarterbacks you could take just to sit, throw a dart. Uh, the remaining quarterbacks of this rookie class behind Pickett, Desmond Ritter, it would be my priority. I think he works his way. He's going to see starts this year in Atlanta. I don't trust Marcus Mariota at all, but that offense is probably not going to be very good anyway. So I'm not sure what Ritter really gets there. Uh, Matt Corral in Carolina. This is interesting. If they trade for Baker Mayfield, this obviously evaporates probably, but in super flex leagues, I'm taking Matt Corral late as a flyer, QB3, QB4, just tossing him on the, my bench and seeing what happens. They didn't do anything else this offseason. Sam Darnold, I think, has already proved he's not good enough. And if Matt Corral got the option, the the uh, the opportunity to play, his weapons are pretty decent. Uh, this team's gonna suck, so I think that he probably works his way into some starts. Uh, for, for fantasy purposes, you want to see that maybe by week seven or eight, and maybe later um, in Mar in in reality there. But and then the last one, it's not Malik Willis uh, for twenty twenty two. Sorry, uh, he's up there ahead of these guys for in dynasty as a flyer but he's not getting on the field this year. Uh, I put Sam Howell just because I wanted a fourth name. I don't really think that's going to happen. I think it's there's more of a chance that uh, Tyler Heineke sees the field if Carson Wentz implodes. Uh, Sam Howell could see a couple of spots started too at the very, very end of the season, but don't care. So uh, if really it's it's Pickett and then Ritter and Crowell if you're looking at a late round flyer in some super flex leagues. All right. Running backs, this one definitely more interesting than the quarterbacks. We saw a few rookies that made it into my top 40 here. I'm going to buzz through the top just a bit. Then we're going to do the same thing, cover some of the winners and losers um, from the draft at this position. Uh, the top seven for me, state status quo. Uh, it's Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, tier of their own. Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, a tier of their own. Uh, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, pending the suspension. I still keep in Kamara at seven. So those guys all stay the same. No change there. At number eight is DeAndre Swift. He really just jumped a few guys. He was at 10 in my previous ranking, so I jumped him up here to eight. Number nine on my list is James Conner. The Cardinals didn't really didn't do anything as far as addressing the running back position until late, late, late in the draft. If you want to take a flyer on the back up there in Arizona, that's fine. I get it. But I think James Conner is a huge winner from this draft based off what we saw last year. 18 total touchdowns. Going to continue to see the goal line work. Going to get the majority of the carries there in Arizona. I love how this draft shook out for him. I was afraid if they took somebody in round two, round three, he was going to be further down the list. He was previously at running back 14, which was a bit of a hedge for me. But to, to see how this played out for him, uh, it, that's big. That's a win. And he's a top 10 running back for me for 2022 redraft rankings again. Number 10 for me, dropping just a couple spots. This was just a, a little bit of a down. Uh, I, I didn't grade him as a loser here from the draft, but 
seeing uh, Rashad White being drafted in the third round, who's a good pass catcher, does that? How does that affect Leonard Fournette? His offensive line also saw a bit of a hit this offseason. He was running back four last year. I still have him here at RB10. He down two spots from my previous rank. I still think he's going to be the go-to running back in this offense. But do they try to work in a James White-type role into this offense as opposed to what we saw last year, which is really utilizing Leonard Fournette uh, with that? So I think that Fournette still going to be a starter. He is a tier behind. I have Swift Connor tier break, then Leonard Fournette there at 10. Number 11 is Dalvin Cook. He kind of stayed status quo, not really impacted by the events of last week. Number 12 is Nick Chubb, uh, who, again, stayed status quo there. So that's your top 12. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, McCaffrey, Najee, Mixon at six, Kamara Swift, James Connor, and then Fournette, Cook, and Chubb. That's your top 12. Coming in at 13, dropping four spots from nine. I still think this guy is going to be a, a target on draft day due to his upside. It wasn't impacted by the draft, but the signing of Melvin Gordon back to Denver, uh, you know, just kind of I w- what I was looking for was more of the James Conner situation, right, where they don't take a running back till round five plus. Adding Melvin Gordon, who was really good last year, uh, just limited the upside just a skosh for me for Javante Williams. For right now, I still think he's going to be the, the, the starter, but he's going to be, he'll, he'll be on the right side of it, but you're probably looking maybe 60-40 split um, versus on the wrong side of it, which we saw last year. Uh, but you factor in, ter- upturn in the offense with Russell Wilson there being there. I think this is going to be a great season for Javante Williams still, and I'm still excited about him. Uh, just, I don't think you need to be ecstatic about this kid at this point. For 2022, for redraft, for Dynasty is different, but coming in at 13, just dropping a couple spots. Number 14, he technically dropped one spot just due to the James Conner jump, but I still have Josh Jacobs there. 50-plus receptions last year. They did draft a running back and announced they were declining his fifth-year option. So for Dynasty, not looking great for Josh Jacobs. Just due to a little bit of uncertainty. But I think for redraft, I think he's going to be a real solid play. These guys seem to be tied at the hip throughout their entire career, but I have David Montgomery at running back 15. Again, fairly untouched by last week's draft. 16 and 17, I have Cam Akers, who is in a fantastic offensive situation there. He kind of stayed status quo again, kind of unimpacted by last week, as is Saquon Barkley at running back 17. Going to be interesting to see if they really, if they bring in a VAT or how they handle that backup situation, because um, they really haven't uh, made much of a splash there. So maybe they're really going to give Barkley the full workload there. And in that case, be looking for those reports, and he could move he has the ability to move much much higher in my rankings but for right now i kind of have him slotted in there at 17 at running back 18 here we go the rookie draft pick for of the new york jets 36th overall Brees hall running back 18 right out of the gate in 2022 i think this is some nice instant impact for the rookie when he landed on the jets the first instinct is like oh my god the jets right but i think he walks right into 200 carries easily them spending the draft capital on him in early second round. I liked Michael Carter. I talked about this at least once or twice. My wish for Michael Carter was to go unscathed in the 2022 draft. That sure as hell didn't happen. Just blasted in round two by Brees Hall, the number one running back off the board. I think he's he, Hall would be a little bit higher if he had landed in a more ideal landing spot, quote unquote. I still think Michael Carter, who is an excellent pass catcher, is going to see work in the passing game. I think the receptions are, are going to lean Carter's way. I don't think that Hall is going to be 
the do it all back for this team. Like we saw like with a Najee Harris last year, but I think Hall is going to be a really solid RB two right out of the gate. Uh, when you're talking dynasty, he's obviously going to get a little bit more of a jump over his long-term prospects. But I think when you look at this team uh, and what they, what they've done for this offense, I think you're going to see a much better offense in New York uh, this se- upcoming season. And I think you're going to see Brees Hall see 220 plus carries uh, and hopefully 30, 40 receptions would be great um, for the rookie. And I think he slots nicely here at our, at RB 18. We'll see where he lands up as far as overall uh, on our mock draft in a couple of weeks, but the rookie Brees Hall first rookie running back off the board for 2022 redraft Brees Hall at 18. Uh, 19 is Aaron Jones. Talked about him on this show already uh, this off season. Uh, number 20 is Elijah Moore, or sorry, Elijah Mitchell, sorry, uh, running back San Francisco 49ers. And what do you know, the 49ers draft a running back in round three, as they do every single year. I'm not worried about that. That's just what the Niners do. I think Mitchell's still going to be a fine redraft option for you, for sure. Uh, if that scares you that they drafted a running back in round three, that and you have him as a dynasty owner, then you are in the wrong game, my friend. Uh, if, you, if that scares you off, you need to go trade him right now and let that be someone else's uh, cross to bear. At number 21, uh, this guy's up a spot. Um, I was debating maybe a spot or two, but I like J.K. Dobbins and how this landed for him. Going to keep an eye on the offseason reports. A lot of not glowing reports as far as his recovery time uh, this offseason. This off there was talk that they were trying to add a veteran running back. Uh, there was talk that they were going to try to take one early in the draft. Potentially, none of those things happened yet. Uh, when you look at J.K. Dobbins, they took uh, Tyler Beatty in round six. I know Dallas mentioned him as uh, a riser in the rookie uh, rundown earlier this week on the DWZ network. So go back and check out that um, for all of Dallas's post-draft uh, rookie content reaction um, from last Sunday. But for me, when I'm looking at this Ravens backfield for 2022, J.K. Dobbins is somebody that has survived so far despite their concerns over the injury, despite that his primary backup also suffered an injury last year, I think Dobbins is in line for the, the workload that we need to see for, as fantasy owners to be a really good RB2 with upside. So I like J.K. Dobbins at 21 overall. Dropping three slots uh, was in my rankings is Antonio Gibson. Running back 22, Washington Commanders took Brian Robinson in round three. I don't think this is a direct replacement but when you look at Gibson, they brought back McKissick, stole him back from Buffalo at the last minute, drafted Brian Robinson in round three, uh, who was the sixth running back off the board. I I think this just shows that with Gibson, they're, they're, I would be surprised if they'll finally look at this and say, well, the kid hasn't stayed healthy the last couple of years, right? Maybe we need to spell him with just a little bit more. 22 is still really good. I just don't think that Gibson has the upside of a, a Brees Hall or Saquon Barkley or Cam Akers sitting at 22 right here. He's going to be a low end running back to, if you get 13 games out of him, you're solid and you have to make sure that Brian Robinson isn't coming in there as the goal line back. Um, but I think Gibson is still going to be a fine fantasy option. I'm just not as excited as many as most about his fantasy prospects. He's down three spots in my rankings from my early April running back. 23 is Zeke. Uh, even with this star right here on my chest, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, th- this is it. This is the final swan song ride for Zeke in this Cowboys offense. He'll get the work because it's Zeke. Um, and Jerry Jones won't let this offense not feature him as the primary ball carrier. He'll see the goal line work, but he just is not 
the man he was. And if this offense is smart, they will funnel the ball through Tony Pollard a little bit more. Uh, Mike in the chat, I see you, man. What was it that Dobbins tore last year? I don't know, and I don't want to guess. Uh, I know it was a significant knee injury early uh, in August, I believe. Uh, so the recovery time is definitely something we want to keep an eye on uh, with J.K. Dobbins. If he gets a clean bill of health and he's ready midway through camp, I mean, he's got, he's going to jump two or three spots for me. If the reports are negative, he has quite a ways to drop here. There's still some guys I like here in the top 30, 32 or so. So keep an eye on that news for sure. I wish I knew that off the top of my head. I don't want to guess and misspeak. So I'm going to leave that as it is. Uh, getting back to this, running back 24, Travis Etienne. Uh, right now, J- James Robinson is not somebody that I'm concerned about. I think Etienne's in line for a decent workload there. and I like the talent quite a bit. Um, what we saw last year. I think ETN would have been clearly the best rookie running back in this class. So I'm going to kind of treat him as such right now. Landing in Jacksonville, what we saw from that team and the mess that they have on their hands, that's why I'm keeping him behind Brees Hall. But I I have him ahead of Kenneth Walker here at 24 just because I think he's going to see a good amount of opportunity. Uh, He has a – and he has a great skill set as a a pass catcher as well uh, for fantasy purposes. So I like him as my last running back uh, in my top 24. It's going to be a solid running back too for you. Next few guys here, 25th off the board for the running back position is the 41st overall pick in last week's NFL draft, Seattle Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker. Similar to Brees Hall, I think this guy steps right in to 200-plus touches. Not a great sign for Chris Carson. Rashad Penny, we know who he, what he is. The dude just doesn't play football. Kenneth Walker landing in Seattle while a less-than-ideal offense and a team that's going to struggle a lot. I think you can de- definitely say this is a team that will be committed to giving this man the ball quite a bit right out of the gate. They added this offensive line through the draft, so that's good. They did nothing at quarterback, so there's still time to see if they do somehow upgrade there, but it's not sounding great. Uh, I think they're going go to kind of go status quo right there with Kenneth Wa- with uh, with the quarterback situation in Seattle. So Kenneth Walker, for me, is somebody that has limited receiving upside just because, one, we haven't really seen it a whole lot. Two, this offense is not – traditionally passed a ton to the running back and uh, there. So I think for, for me, I'm a little worried about Walker seeing that volume, the, the passing downs work, but I think it is uh, a big time uh, a win as far as if you're looking for Kenneth Walker to get a ton of carries right out of the gate. So I'm going to keep Kenneth Walker at 25 here in my rankings. Again, Brees Hall 18, Kenneth Walker at 25. I think both these guys are RB twos for fantasy right out of the gate in 22. I want to, I want to draft these guys because I think they're going to be high volume running backs. Uh, 26 is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Besides them adding Ronald Jones, they didn't add a running back to the draft. So I still have a little bit of faith in this kid to get one more last opportunity before I disown him forever. Damian Harris at 27. Uh, goal line. That's what, that's what you got. He's down a few spots for me just because of uh, bumping a few guys up. But I, I think you know what you have with him. Miles Sanders at 28. God help me. Uh, still in my top 30. They didn't add anything else to the draft. They still have Kenneth Gainwell from last year. They continue to rotate backs in. So he is a flex option for me. 29 is Chase Edmonds. Uh, Miami did not spend a draft pick on a running back. That was significant there. So I actually, they did not spend any draft pick on a running back. So I think Chase Edmonds pretty solidified as the starter. Uh, despite him, he will split with Raheem Mostert when Mostert's on the field. But I think Edmonds is going to be the guy there for the Dolphins. And at 30, uh, Cordell Patterson. Uh, the Falcons did not spend a draft pick until round five. Uh, Tyler Algier uh, out of BYU. So I think Patterson, despite it being the color by numbers 
uh, analysis last year that, hey, this guy will turn into dust next year, trade him in all your dynasty leagues. I think 2022 is going to be another year for him to be a fantasy-relevant running back. Uh, the Falcons also cut Mike Davis last year, or sorry, last week. So uh, it's going to be him and the Rook for sure. Um, <laughs> Mike said in the chat, it seems like Seattle is tanking for next year. I, I would hope that they are doing this intentionally because if this is uh, their if this is their uh, version of trying to go for it, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I hate it for the receivers. Uh, I hate it for this offense, uh, but we will see. Uh, the reports are this week updated that they were out on Baker. So that's about it. I don't know. I don't know what else to do. It, it seems like they're going with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. All right. Um, that's 30, Cadero Patterson. 31, A.J. Dillon. 32, Tony Pollard. 33, Kareem Hunt. These are your premier backups. Uh, you know, I think that there's definite upside with all three of these guys, especially Dylan and Pollard. I wouldn't be surprised if Dylan and Pollard both uh, outplayed their the guy in front of them, uh, especially in, in, there in Dallas. They, they should feature Tony Pollard more. But I think these are priority guys that you just take here that are going to see work. Uh, they're not straight handcuffs. They're going to see decent enough work where you could start them as a flex during bye weeks. Uh, and they have some extreme upside there if they ever get spot starts along the way. 34, Devin Singletary. I'm just not buying into what I saw last year. It doesn't matter that they drafted James Cook in round two and he was the third running back off the board. Uh, I just, I'm, I think that's just another factor for me that just kind of dings him. I was taking a look at some consensus rankings that he's somewhere closer to the 25 to 30 range. I have him about, you know, five to 10 spots lower than most um, when you look at average rankings right now. Uh, I just think he's still going to be the starter. I think James Cook was brought in to be a pass catcher, which we still haven't really seen in this offense. So I'd be concerned over that. But for me, Devin Singletary is a guy that I'm fine taking, but I would prioritize one of those priority backups ahead of him. 35 through 40, Melvin Gordon uh, heading back to Denver. The rookie, Damian Pierce, he was drafted as the running back seven off the board in round four, but he lands in Houston. I think that there is a ton of opportunity for carries right out of the gate. They added Marlon Mack. They have a lot of bodies there in Houston. Uh, new head coach Lovey Smith is obviously a defensive head coach. I think this is a team that will look to uh, look to run the ball to protect that defense, protect their young quarterback. So I think Pierce is somebody that is the he's the third rookie running back right uh, right now for me for 2022 instant impact. I think Pierce is somebody who walks into a lot of touches, uh, and he is uh, he's just somebody that I think there was this was a good landing spot right as far as opportunity as opportunity goes uh ronald jones at 37 i don't like him but he is the only other guy there and ceh has shown that he hasn't uh taken taken the reins despite being given the chance 38 uh tyler algier out of byu drafted in the fifth round by the atlanta falcons 12th running back off the board uh again this is just a landing spot we were kind of hoping for fantasy they would draft somebody i don't know that he's anything more than a mike davis replacement i'm still gonna uh, give the edge to Cordell Patterson for 2022. 39, Michael Carter. He draws from, he's the biggest drop uh, in my ranks from running back 20, obvious reasons. I still think he's going to be usable enough in PPR bye weeks there because he'll be using the passing game. And number 40 is Ramondre Stevenson. As we wrap up this show, I have one, two, I have four winners, four losers for this position from last week's draft. The biggest winner, I mentioned him earlier, is James Conner. The Arizona Cardinals did not address the running back position in this year's draft until late, late, late. I think Conner is not only still in line for the goal line work, but 
will continue to see work in the passing game and will be the bell cow running back for the Arizona Cardinals in 22 RB nine. Another winner, J JK Dobbins, keep an eye on the injury, but again, nothing until round six. I think he's going to be heading into the season as the uh, RB one, the premier running back for the Baltimore Ravens, which is all, which will produce great fancy numbers for us. Number 30 is Chase Edmonds with the Miami Dolphins, not drafting anybody. It's just him and Mostert there. And I think these are going to, that this will be an offense that uh, from what we saw last year, uh, not a lot of fancy production. I think this is going to be a better offense with the weapons that they have more opportunity for Chase Edmonds, who should be the passing receiving downs back as well. Fourth winner is Cordero Patterson uh, mentioned, obviously his name already, but I think the key here is the fifth round draft capital for Algier. I just don't see it. I, I don't see him coming in and, uh, and taking over more than what Mike Davis did last year. And that was enough for Patterson to still be relevant. 50% of the rush down, rushing downs work and the passing downs work for Patterson should make him a flex option. Uh, the four biggest losers for me on here, the biggest ones, obviously Michael Carter losing out to Brees Hall. Number two is the Seattle running backs, not named Kenneth Walker. Uh, Chris Carson, the reports are not good. This dude might not play football again, which sucks. I really liked uh, the story of Chris Carson and what he was able to do in his NFL career. I hope he gets one more shot somewhere else. It sounds like he's probably done in Seattle, if not done in foot for football. And Rashad Penny, if you are banking on it, maybe a cheap mid to late round option uh, that could see some work in a bad offense. Well, that guy is not Rashad Penny anymore. Uh, and that would be just us having to uh, retread ourselves to death uh, if that would have been the case anyway. So uh, adios to both of those gentlemen. They will not be on any of my rosters this year. Michael Carter could still be fancy relevant. No, thank you to those Seattle running backs. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I mentioned he dropped three spots in my rankings from 19 to 22. Even though long-term here, I don't like the fact that they spent a little bit of draft capital on a third-round running back. Uh, and, again, this is a guy that doesn't see the passing downs work already before this, so hopefully doesn't lose goal line work as well. And then Devin Singletary. Bringing in James Cook, who is a great pass catcher, was drafted 63rd overall in round two by the Buffalo Bills. Um, this was a priority for them to add to this offense. So for me, Singletary is just a guy that he needed everything to kind of land perfect uh, this offseason, and that just didn't with round two draft capital to his uh, maybe predecessor. So, all right, there you go. Running back rankings are in the books. Looking forward to talking wide receivers with you guys next week. So hang on there, uh, and we'll get to it. A lot of big names, a lot of impact veteran moves, and, of course, the DeAndre Hopkins suspension that came down. How, where are we ranking Hopkins knowing that he's going to miss six games? Uh, that one is uh, that one was tough to swallow for me as a Hopkins owner that has held on to him, despite the fact that he is old. Nobody else wants him at this point. Uh, so we're going to roll through the running back rankings next week. So looking forward to talking to you guys about that. Going to touch on my updated uh, tight end rankings as well for May. And then in two weeks, going to do our first 2022 mock draft. Looking forward to that. Uh, and then a great, a great series the rest of May and through June. So stay locked in here to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. Uh, appreciate you guys who checked us out live. Mike, as always, thanks for all the comments in the chat. Like hanging out with you guys. So always feel free to tune in, whether you're watching on YouTube or over on Twitter. Uh, you can check this show out usually Wednesday nights live. Get a little bit early. Otherwise, it's going to be in the feed on Thursday. So until next week, guys, good luck in all those rookie drafts. I know I got a bunch of them lined up myself. It's an exciting time of year. Uh, and it's starting, starting to get ramped up, starting to feel good. Uh, bugged a crap ton of people for entry fees and all their all my leagues I commissioned this week. So uh, it, it's starting to feel like football time once again here. Uh, now that the NFL draft is in the book. So appreciate you guys listening. Rate and review if you like what you hear. Otherwise, give me a follow on Twitter at KyleMonth8, and I'll catch you guys next week. I'll see you.